and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. I'm Erin. And I'm Brianna. And today we have on a lovely guest, Melissa. Say hello, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Melissa. Bri and I met a few years ago. And now we're friends, and she invited me to be on this podcast, and I'm really excited. We're very excited to have you. Uh, you're also a published author. She, oh, beyond yeah, just true. being my friend, she's that's also true. an incredible other person. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, we, those... we accept any and all friends here on this show, and also uh, you also you are a published author. So that's awesome. I am, yes. Um, I published a book called Single and Forced to Mingle. It came out this past January from Atria Books. And I would best call it like a nonfiction humor book. It was written it out of, it was born out of something I tweeted when I went to my cousin's wedding as a single person and it kind of, it went viral. <laughs> and then I sort of, I wrote an entire book about being single in a world where everybody is like, why aren't you coupled <laughs> or throupled even if they're so open-minded. <laughs> And just because I want to put this out here there and be mm-hmm. that person to hype you up, uh, how was it meeting Kiki Palmer, Melissa? Oh, oh, she, she was really nice. Yes, um, yes. So as a part of the tweet going viral, um, I was invited to go on Good Morning America, and I went. It, it's no longer. I don't think they have that segment any longer. But it was like the Strahan and Sarah show. And Sarah was like on maternity leave. I don't know. So Kiki Palmer's filling in. So um, I got to meet Michael Strahan and, and Kiki Palmer when I was on the show. And they were really lovely and gracious and funny. And yes, I got to talk about the tweet going viral, essentially. There's wow. nothing funnier than like, you're just checking your Instagram stories and your friend's like, yeah, you know, backstage. And you're like, backstage at what? We have work today. <laughs> So, yeah, not only is Melissa my friend, but she is an incredible person, an awesome writer, and, you know, got to be in the presence of Kiki Palmer. So, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Something I still can't believe happened, even though it was, like, two years ago. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that did happen. I know. You you got a book deal and wrote an entire book from a viral tweet. And uh, no, it was something that my friends encouraged me to do. It was, you know, I never thought that I would get anything beyond like 10 seconds of fame. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, they they believed in me more than I believed in myself. So uh, hats off to them. And, and yeah, here, here we are. So no, that's what friends are for. That is what friends are for. Yeah, friends should hype you up. They should always be your hype people. Yeah, those sound like great friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is next on your writing horizon? I'm in the process of editing a book of fiction. Actually, I'm kind of doing something completely different. It's Hell like yeah. a raw, yeah, it's like a rom com basically based on something that happened in my roommate's life a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> she was going through that period in her life where everyone she knew was getting married, um, especially like within her like friend group, her college friend group. So she was going to like five or six weddings in one year. And I was like, oh, that would be like a fun premise where, you know, you're going to these weddings and you, you, you see like the same person or the same people over and over again. And that's sort of like, like a reconnection sort of a thing. Um, Except I did it where the person is not friends with the person they're falling for. They were actually like college enemies. So, Mm. you know, enemies to lovers. Thank Mm -hmm. you, (laughs) Erin. Yes. Enemies to lovers. Got it. We do love love tropes in, we 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 do do love romance tropes. Which I guess is romance. (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, as I told people when I was promoting the book, I was like, you know, I'm not anti-relationship. I just think that people don't appreciate being single enough. Like, both are equally valid. Absolutely. Truly, there is nothing better than just, like, coming home and not having to, like, answer to anyone, not having to, like, cook for anyone. Although, maybe I should cook for myself. Having cereal for multiple meals a day is unhealthy, but it's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. It's fine. Mm. It's glorious. Don't give me that look, Erin. It's fine. Yep. Sure. Yeah. About. Well, it's nice to have those choice. It's nice to like have like a wealth of choices in your life and you don't have to consult with anybody about anything, which is my favorite part of being single. So sure. Also, being single gives you a chance to like really pay attention to and like cultivate yourself versus uh, with another person, which is often 
I mean, I guess in healthy relationships, you're still doing that while you're in a relationship, but it seems like so often, especially in our society, it's like once you're in a relationship, like you are the relationship. You're not like an individual, which is unfortunate. Right, exactly. And, you know, another great thing is I don't have to ever worry about getting like that brick long text. I don't have to see that and feel <laughs> a sense of terror <laughs> and being like, oh, God, what now? Like, what are we, what's happening now? So oh, I'm just going to send you one just three in the morning one day just to stress you out. <laughs> but also, you know, never having to like, like the rest of the country, I just marathon Squid Game. And God, if I hear one more person, it's like, I want to watch it. But like my significant other, I'm like, fuck them. Just catch up on it so they can talk to me about it. So. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Who cares? Why do you have to do everything together? That's what I don't get to. I mean, I, I understand like the want to like share like TV shows like with someone else. But like not every show. Like I doubt – uh, if I am in a relationship someday that I would expect my future partner to binge random anime TV shows in one day with me uh, pass. Right, exactly. That's, a, that's like... a very, that's an intensely personal experience. <laughs> yeah, and I've never understood when people are in a relationship and yeah, they will make their significant other do something that they know they don't like. I'm not going to make, if my significant other, like I like to watch hockey, if my significant other doesn't like hockey or sports... That's fine. I have many friends in my life who would be happy to go with me and I'm happy to share that with them. Like if my second brother likes horror and I can't be scared, absolutely not. <laughs> they can go and enjoy that without me. Like, please, we do not need to share that experience that like wouldn't be fun for me. So <laughs> cultivate other interests, cultivate separate interests. It's like good and healthy. I love that. Also, powerful words to uh, powerful words to say during uh, October, a month where everything... <laughs> It, like everyone is like spookiness all the time I know and I'm a Scorpio so like this should be my jam which is not to say that I don't love witchy things like that's different but like straight up horror is like not not for me yeah. hmm. depends on what it is for sure I saw the ring as a young child and I'm still traumatized god knows how many years later I refused to watch that even from the trailer. I was like, hell no, I do not no. need that in my brain. But you know, often when we when we are adults, we can control what we watch a little bit more and what we write. Right. Whether or not you're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, you're one of those people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh God. Uh, which is interesting because I I also know that um <laughs> we talked a are little you... bit before we started recording <laughs> about the fact that uh mm -hmm. you also write fan fiction. Yes, sometimes. Uh, not mm -hmm. as often as I used to when I was like a teenager or like in college, but um, I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I probably read a lot more of it than I write. People like don't even know. Like if I could, if I could like count on Goodreads, like fan fiction, the way that I do with traditionally published Gosh. books, like I would blow so many people's reading challenges out of the water. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, no doubt. Like, I told my friend the other day, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I spent the last three days, like, basically, like, mainlining a 200K fanfic. And they're like, you did what now? And they're like, it was how long? And this person is like an ed like an agent in the publishing industry. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, like, 200K is, I mean, not all in one go, but, like, it would take, like, two to three days to consume that amount. Yeah. Like, no problem. Like, yeah, maybe even one day if it's a Saturday. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also fascinating how in fanfic you talk about the length of the fic. Like it's a 10K, it's a 100K, it's mm -hmm. a 150. And then anytime you see like, God, what is it? Like Lord of the Rings is like maybe 150K. And it's like, can't like mentally put them in. Like one is pages, one is words. And like yeah. one, yeah. yeah, you can blow through it a lot faster. And one sometimes it's like right, I think I saw a, a Tumblr post like many years ago where it did take like classic works in literature or like, you know, pop culture. And then they translated it into like how many, mm -hmm. like how many words it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this really puts it into perspective, actually. Like I wish the copyright page in books was like, all right, well, this is 382 pages or, you know, like 80K. And I'm like, okay, that that makes yeah. me, like I can better judge like, how. Is this a right, one night this. book? Is this mm -hmm. a one night fic? Is this like. Right. I'm not sleeping for two nights, but like that's all I'm doing. Right, right. And and then, and then it's even more fascinating. Like I think for me, the first time that I read a fic which was the size of a large novel, where I was like, "Wait, I, 
I just read a whole, I just read a whole novel. It didn't feel like a whole novel. Like, not that it didn't have like a beginning, like middle and ends and had like a whole like story and character art. It was fantastic. But I didn't, while I was in the moment, I was just so in the moment. I feel like in like physical books, a lot of the time when I read it, I'm just like, yes, I'm here and now I'm away. And so now I'm in the world and now I'm away from it again. Versus like in fan fiction, I'm just like, yes, here we go. <laughs> and like that's right. It. Yeah, it's I really think the, it is interesting. And I think, yeah, like traditionally published books, you know, they they play by certain rules that fan fiction doesn't. Um, I also think their priorities are different. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like if you're reading something that's canon versus, you know, fanon, but, mm-hmm. um, regardless, yeah, I think it does, it hits different. It's structured differently. Like the aim is different. So you feel different because of it when you're reading it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, any it's preference just... for which you enjoy writing more? Fiction, oh, nonfiction, fan fiction. What a, what a good question. Um, I mean, at the moment, I would say fan fiction. I think for me, writing fiction is the hardest thing is like I can get a plot. That's fine. And I can stretch it out. Characters are actually really difficult for me to write um, Mm. to like I can kind of make up the bare bones of a character pretty well. But getting into the nitty gritty is hard for me, whereas it's a lot easier for me to imitate someone else's characters um, where I feel like I know them Mm -hmm. and then I can and then I know how to write them. Um, so I, I yeah, I, it kind of it kind of depends. Yeah, for, for plot, I prefer like, you know, just straight up fiction. Um, but yeah, fan fiction is a nice vehicle in terms of um, helping me develop dialogue between people, um, really digging into characters and their nuances. Um, a lot of a lot of times when I write fiction, honestly, I will just if I can't, especially for secondary characters, if I'm like, OK, I need a vague character here, but I can't like this is the first draft I'm not going to get into who they are I will just borrow from other fandoms and be like you're just a placeholder here for now <laughs> otherwise I'll just get tripped up trying to like you know come up with these like 10 page backstories for each character when mm. I'm like okay you're never going to get this first like draft that. written so that's actually been a really helpful device for me in writing this uh rom-com especially when it's based on a group of friends um hmm. so yeah I don't know if that was a, you know, a <laughs> concrete answer, but they're both, I like different, I like writing different things for different reasons. I, I thought that was really cool. Like, oh, that's such Pretty an concrete. interesting and just, like smart, that's so like, that's so smart. That's such like a, a clever way to get past, I don't know who this character is, but I have written like 10 fix about this one character. So I know this one really well. So let's throw it in there. Um, that's really, I like that. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be fleshed out later, so they're not so easily recognizable. But, uh, you know, I figure if, like, E.L. James can do it, then, like, why can't we all or whatever? <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's Free's, good. like, having a heart attack right now. <laughs> Actually, I've never just... even, I swear to God, I've never even read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I know what it's based off of, so. Like, the fact that it says it in the opening, this is based off a Twilight fanfic, and then we have continued a whole genre it's fine it's fine i'm i mean it's fine yeah i was gonna say don't i guess we should it's not fine. get started on the fact that it's like yeah we would love published fan fiction but not like this we didn't we didn't want this one i can't i can't bring up that one book but i will say i will say um and i i guess you can call it a recommendation there is a book called winter's orbit where in reading it if you've ever read anything on ao3 you're like this feels familiar and like that it's completely original it's like nothing in it ties into like another fandom I've ever felt but just like the writing style feels familiar and then at the end mm. she thanks her AO3 crew and it's like ah yeah oh. no you're one of us um yeah. you know that like the tropes you know the like he showed a little bit of skin as he raised his arms and uh like those beautiful little tropes and just shoved them right in it's perfect that is true I think that's a good point like Aaron when you're talking about earlier about how you feel reading a fanfic versus a published book I think it would be interesting if you consciously went into reading a book where you know that the author also wrote fan fiction and mm. then like how do you feel you know what I mean like what yeah. is it like to read that book um uh, Brie for one of Brie and I are in um, a romance book club together and for one of our upcoming books besides Winter's Orbit which is on our list um, I believe there's another book by someone who has written a lot of Teen Wolf fan fiction who I've read theirs and I enjoy them so nice again I will be you know I'll be curious to see <laughs> oh, God. How, yeah. how their book is you know what I mean so 
Absolutely. I don't know who that is. It's going to be a joy to like, as I read and be like, hmm, which one is this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I'm excited. I can't, I can't remember the name of the author, but um, I believe she it is. She can't remember. Life. She's leaving me in the dark here. <laughs> unless it's like unless it's a science experiment maybe at some yeah, point you have to Melissa's you have to going to hand out. you a book and say i highly recommend you mm-hmm, read this and let me know what you think and then afterwards say oh surprise it's a fanfic author and then yeah well i'm excited either way yeah that is a that is a fandom right there oh boy is it <laughs> <laughs> oh boy is it um yeah, yeah. amazing yeah, so I feel like that's definitely um, a f- uh, that would be like a whole other probably twenty minutes of conversation about probably the Team Wolf fanfic uh, uh, fandom, which I don't know a ton about, but I know no, enough. Need like three um, hours minimum. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, unfortunately we don't have uh, no. on gameplay, and <laughs> we should probably um, move forward into the game that we're going to be playing. Quick, Melissa. Before we get into some promos, tell us, what is your experience with tabletop role-playing games? Fairly limited. Um, I am in a D&D group, and I have been for, God, I want to say at least three years, maybe four. That's like my first and only experience playing D&D I never had before. So, And that's basically the only sort of role-playing game that I have experience with. So... Well, um, a three to four year long game is very impressive in its own right. And we're going to be introducing you to a game that has far fewer rules than that. So uh, hopefully it should be good to go. But let's do that. And we're going to talk about that after we do some on-air reads for the radio station. So we're just going to do those right now. And then we'll get into it. If you'd like to listen to Radio for Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you're an Amazon shopper and would like to donate in a way that costs nothing to you, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Amazon and register RFB as your Amazon Smile charity. Every time you shop, a portion of your purchase benefits Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you. It's a damn tongue twister every time I do it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Okay, let us get into some game. We're going to be playing a lovely little game called Moon Sailors. It was created by Anna Maria de Jong. So thank you, Anna Maria, for making this. It's a lovely little game. It has a tagline called A Journey Among the Stars for the Lonely Hearted. Essentially, we are going to be the three of us independent uh, travelers in space uh, with different um, identifications and reasons for traveling and places that we go. And we're traveling among the same galaxy together. So we are all experiencing the same galaxy there are 11 different options for places that we can land um and the beauty of this is that we are all in some ways going to be the gm for this one so depending on whose turn it is they will basically pick a location that they're going to travel to and then they're going to describe and talk about that place and the things that their character does there um if they want one of the other characters in the like at the quote-unquote table if they want one of the other characters that we have made to interact then they get to step forward and interact as well whoever is not in the scene gets the opportunity to sit back and kind of quote-unquote help gm by asking questions helping the uh, person who's being gm to elaborate because there are three of us I'm personally kind of willing to bend this a little bit if we want to. Um, I feel like if it's a larger group, then more people would be on the sides to Peanut Gallery. Um, But because there are more of us, I feel like if any of us have questions to embellish, 
I'm cool with that if y'all are. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, and also because we are doing this on air, there is no map that we can really draw from. So usually there are a number of different little like cards or coins that have the labels of the different locations there, and you essentially randomly throw them out on a table, and that's the kind of map of the galaxy you're in. We don't have a map. Our listeners, you cannot see a map. So what we've done is we've created a trusty spreadsheet and labeled it 1 to 11. We're going to roll an 11-sided dice. Uh, we're going to have an 11-sided <laughs> number generator pick something for us, and that's going to be where we land just to give it a little bit of something. And whenever the GM is done with the scene, then they can leave something behind at the location. Now that something that is left behind is a secret to the rest of us. We do not get to see that. That is being signified here by uh, the hide row option in a spreadsheet. Hey, you know, we adapt. And essentially, if we go back to that place, whoever is in charge and GM at that location can then decide to either take what is there or leave something else. But that is always a private interaction at the time, which we will reveal at the end of the game. When is it over? When the hour is over at this point, but usually it's just whenever you're tired of playing. Um, and so that's basically the summary. Am I missing anything? How do y'all feel? I think you got most of it. Sounds good. Fantabulous. We should probably introduce our characters first then. Melissa, are you ready? Do you want to introduce your character? Sure. So then should I go through um, what they did in the, the instructions about like, I am, I'm traveling the system for, my ship is, etc. Yes. Yeah. You can use the who are you section to like help you with this. And um, it also says you can like name and like write down like pronouns and stuff if you want to as well. So include as much information as you're willing to give us. Just sure. don't say where you are. Don't share answers to your location. Okay. So the character I came up with, her name is Yuna. She is like an oracle. And in the spirit of this game, I made it so how she like makes her predictions is through touching objects. And that sort of like guides her. She sort of just like drifts through the galaxy, like using her, you know, her visions to sort of guide her to where she thinks she needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, you know, to get money, she definitely has like a system where you know, if there's, like, rich people in the galaxy, like, she will, like, charge them to, like, try and, you know, they'll give her an object and then she'll see things for them on purpose. Um, that's kind of how she gets by. But otherwise, she really is sort of just, like, at her own leisure. Um, she makes enough money to do that. But she's kind of, you know, just drifting through the galaxy, just trying to, like, make sense of it, trying to chase that next vision. She wants to help people. Um, so if there is, like, an object attached to a person at the time and they're there... Um, she can help them in the moment, but a lot of times her visions come from things that pe other people have left behind. She's traveling in a ship that is um, as finicky as her visions can be. Um, sometimes she thinks that the ship kind of has a mind of its own. Sometimes it sort of works out where if her visions don't lead her to a particular place, sometimes the ship will. Sometimes the ship will just stop and be like, this is where we are, or, <laughs> you know, miss the destination entirely. So... She kind of has this weird relationship with her ship that she can't quite put into words either. But she travels alone, basically. So the ship is like, sometimes she thinks of the ship as her friend, almost like her companion on this journey with her. Aww. So, hmm. yeah, that's Yuna. Does your ship have a name? <laughs> you know, I realized in this moment that the ship should have a name. Uh <laughs> if, the if the ship is your friend. Right, 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 right. Um... I will call the ship Arcana, but with a K instead of a C, kind of like a Noah's mm -hmm. Ark kind of calling. So it has like a cool. double name. Ooh. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Brianna, do you want to go next? Oh, yes, me. Sure. My character is Tasha. Uh, she is a surveyor. I had this like image of she kind of possibly worked, not like military, but like more like private company looking through different areas that she could... I'm sorry, but like, you know, colonize and stuff like that. Realize that wasn't really the greatest use of her time. So she's just been kind of trying to make money for herself while also using like the company's dime to get around. Uh, so she travels the system technically in search of work, but also um, kind of a combination of things of value, but like deeper inside, 
its meaning. Why is she doing this besides the money? It's mostly the money. Hmm. Um, her, uh, my ship is plain but reliable. Like no company gives you a great ride unless you're like the top. So she's just kind of, it works. No name, unfortunately, just ship. And that's, that's her. Okay, great. And my character, her name is Nyx. She is a courier, but she's like one of those couriers that works on like high security, high speed deliveries, things that are really important that need to get from here to there very quickly that they are they pay her very large prices to get it through territory safe or dangerous in a quick amount of time uh her ship is powerful um and it's powerful because she is actually someone who is really good with tech and engineering and building things so she's essentially like she started with like a very like basic standard like courier ship and modified it so much that it is now this like high powered very unique vessel that can get her where she needs to go and the reason that she's doing all of this is she fucking loves tech she loves this shit finding that kind of valuable tech it often costs a lot of money especially stuff that is on the front edge of people learning and making this new stuff and it costs a lot of money so she does this job and she travels the system trying to find this tech and then buying it for the ship um and that's nyx i like it i like her name mm-hmm. thanks <laughs> so now we should play the game <laughs> essentially uh someone should travel to a location and start a telling a story uh which one of us want to go first do you want me to go first either of you willing to go what are we feeling I can go, unless you'd like to go, Melissa. Nope, I think you should go. (laughs) Okay, so my character is going to, I'm going to butcher this name. It's pronounced however you say it at this point. Uh, Oh, Lord. Klyslamenmien, no, men, Terminal, which was once a busy travel hub, now quiet. It is kind of like a mall that, if you've ever been to one that's like mostly abandoned and there's like only like the anchor stores left um, and like maybe one or two other stores where it has that like weird kind of cold feeling where like kind of feels like the ghosts of the previous shoppers are watching you, but like not really. So she's just kind of like walking around looking at the different shoppers who are still there, like the, the different space creatures, aliens. I don't know. We're in space. And she's kind of like trying to, I, she, there's this very certain person she needs to run into who is selling things at one of the shops, but she can't really find them. And their description, description was vague enough and she couldn't really like communicate, like tell me exactly what shop this is over like company email or however we're communicating in the stars. So yeah, that's what I'm doing there. What are the other shoppers like? They're just like, she can't really tell age, um, but they all feel like old. Like they're not really shopping. They're just kind of like walking the terminal almost as though they're trying to get their their steps in like old people who go to a mall early. But there's like a few kind of younger people that you can tell they're like, they're there for a very specific purpose. And it, I think there's a shop in this terminal that like isn't really replicated kind of in other aspects of the galaxy. So people, they go in, they get this, they go to this one shop and they get out. So yeah um i'm realizing now that there's actually a mechanic for in theory you're supposed to pick a location for the other characters and then should they be on the same location then they play the scene together do you want to to come to the terminal with me (laughs) maybe we like roll a dice and see if that happens or you can just pick someone that you want to interact with yuna do you want to interact with me sure i can be there hell yeah i'll just hang back here (sighs) Um, okay, so Yuna is at this terminal because um, wherever the previous location was, she had found a receipt for one of the stores there. And when she picked up the receipt, it was to um, Brie, whatever the, the store was that like you're like, there's a specific store that people like go to at mm-hmm. this terminal. And they get in and they get out. And she had a vision of someone 
going into that store and trying to buy the perfect gift for somebody who they're trying to reconcile with and whatever the gift was that this receipt came from it didn't work and so this person was going to try again so she was going to go to see if this person had shown up again and if she could help them or if there was anyone else around who maybe she could she could help i will say that uh, I think I forgot to mention earlier, her finicky ship is sort of elegant and sort of like has a specific design and that was on purpose or like a paint job so that people kind of know mm. who she is. Like, I wouldn't say that she's like famous throughout the galaxy, but it's sort of like a, if you know, you know, sort of situation, you know what I mean? Like word of mouth in certain circles, she's well known. So uh, it also behooves her to circulate the galaxy. So what is it like when y'all meet? So in interacting with Yuna, I even like called you to bring you into the scene because because Yuna can interact with objects because Tasha is unable to find she doesn't actually know what shop it is so uh, and she'd heard of Yuna's gift before so she's just like she recognizes kind of like what you look like so it's like hi and she's trying not to get it for free but she wants it for free she just wants a quick like what store should I fucking be going to but like without paying for that answer so she has like a a card and is going to try to stealthily just get it to like touch your skin while like interacting with you politely. Like, hi, I'm really sorry. Do you happen to know about such and such store while like talking about the really like well-known one to see if for any reason it triggers a reaction to you. But this is me talking, but 10 to one, this dipshit's going to get caught real quick because she's, she's very new at uh, trying to be stealthy on the company dime. Um, I'm gonna ask what you're wearing. Uh, like, probably black, uh, not leather, whatever, like, military type professional garb. I clearly haven't worn real pants in a while. Um, uh, but like a kind of a, like a, a fitted jacket, um, long sleeves and boots. It's not like business casual fancy, but like, just like think of like skinny jeans. Let's go with black skinny jeans and like a nice professional top because she doesn't give a fuck anymore. Hmm. Is Tasha wearing anything that has her company's insignia on it? No. Okay. I asked because if if she was, then Yuna definitely would charge for it because she'd recognize the company and be like, yeah. you can afford this. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm trying to, Tasha's trying to be stealthy. She's not going to be like, hi, I work at insert company here. Can you help me, please? So, so, so Tasha has a card mm -hmm. with the name of the place on it. No, with just like a name, like a person's name, but no place. It's like if someone handed you like a, a, a blank piece of paper and like scribbled a name on it. And so you're just trying to find this person. You have no idea what shop they're at. Yeah. Don't really know what they look like. Just know that they are here somewhere. Um, how are you feeling about being on this journey to find this thing that sounds like it's kind of impossible to find? Uh, if I can find it, I can make money. So not terrible, but I'm not loving that I'm confused as fuck. Hmm. So then you're, so you come up and you ask if I know who, the, where I, you can find this person. Yeah. I'm going to look at it and look at you and I'll touch the card and she's going to get a vision of a clock and she's going to tell you three o'clock. Thank you. That is, that is super helpful. That is uh, Tasha does not find that helpful, but Tasha will figure it the fuck out because it's either <laughs> three o'clock in the direction or the time. And the time seems to be about 1240. So she'll figure it out. Thank you, Miss Yuna, for uh, your, your expertise on this. No problem. I'll just say <laughs> at three o'clock, you'll know. Yuna, how are you feeling about engaging with Tasha at, at this point? I think judging by the quality of Tasha's clothing, I could have been like, Yuna could have insisted that Tasha pay um, because, you know, they could afford it. But at the same time, there's like the, like, like she saw the look of desperation in Tasha's eyes that she was just kind of like, you know, she kind of felt sympathetic to. I also think that like with a card with just that amount of information, she kind of knew that there you know, she kind of had a feeling it wasn't like she was going to get like a full fledged vision, especially mm -hmm. if 
whoever wrote on the card was not the person whose name belonged to it, I think that could have elicited something stronger, but mm. it was no like skin off her back to, to help <laughs> in this moment. Um, but also mm. this is not the person who she came here to help. Oh, well, thank oh, you for sorry. your help. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I can't ask questions, can I? I mean, but you have control of the story, so you can take oh, it yeah, wherever I'm controlling you want. controlling the story. Yeah. Um, so as Tasha is thanking Yuna for this, there seems to be in, because, so like to our right-ish, if we're using like the clock as like, like straight ahead is 12 o'clock, um, like, oh, at least to my right, sorry, Yuna. So you're um, there's the, My three o'clock. There is this like loud crash like not full explosion, but it seems like half the some stores inventory has completely just like collapsed upon itself. And I am going to go to it to see what happened. And also if there's anything I can kind of pick from there um, while portraying as though I am helping. So I'm asking you, Melissa, would you like to join me? But, you know, I do not know if you know would join. <laughs> um. I think so. I think Yuna would probably join. Um, she's pretty altruistic in that way. So, and you know, she's coming to help. Even if it's not the store that she came here for, she'll go with you. Okay. So you, then. What kind we'll... of. Okay. I was just asked. Never mind. Go ahead. I was just going to ask what kind of store we are, but you're going to tell me in a second. It yeah, what is, is it? <laughs> it is a tech store and it looks like it's not one of the more popular stores in the mall, but or the mall, <laughs> the terminal, but it's one of those stores that like people go to also. Um, because this guy is a little shady, but he seems to get all of the highest quality tech here and like sold for like really exorbitant prices. Like you could find it kind of on like a better station, but you may not be able to get like, for example, like the new MacBook computers that were recently released. Like he could get it the next day when like the normal person couldn't get it for like at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like someone has broken into that shop and has taken some of the attempted to take some of the lower quality items but in the attempt to do that has knocked over like half the stock so i am going to try to help while also taking some for my own is the person still in there both the the shop owner and the stealer are still there mm. uh and the person who was attempting to like i'm sorry apple was like something like the size of like um airpods like that kind of case um was very quickly caught and so my my posture makes it seem as though i have much more authority than i actually do as i come in and figure out what i can case and take for myself wait why did you ask me to come with you then like why would you oh, ask a potential I'm asking, witness i'm asking you melissa are you coming i didn't ask you yuna if oh you were got coming. it oh i understand now okay never mind um but yeah i think she's sort of come regardless yeah, so once I see that Yuna is behind, it's like, okay, I'm not going to take, like, the laptop size stuff, but, like, there has to be, like, earbud size stuff I can just kind of swipe. Do So are you interacting with the people, or are you trying to sneak past them? I'm interacting. It's kind of like I'm saying, like, hey, like, what the hell is happening here? Uh, I'm going to go check in the back to see if it, there's anyone else stealing stuff in that kind of way, so then... That's when I go and grab some like earbud size stuff because there's a few things I can grab. How much do you think that they believe you? You know, when someone walks around with a clipboard and sounds authoritative, like that yeah. level of authority, like, does he actually care? Like, does he actually believe me? Not fully, but it's like, okay, this person has like slight authority in their voice. I'll let them handle that. And I'm handling this. I hope. Who is in the back room when you get there? Uh, I didn't go to the back room, but someone from the back room does open the door. Uh, it is like a skinny, I was about to say tiefling. This isn't D&D. &D. Um, but like space that- tiefling? <laughs> space tiefling? Yeah, why not? tiefling. That-esque of, of race. And they're just kind of like, hey, like, what's going on up there? And I just kind of give them the lay of the land. Like, oh, like some, some kid was just trying to steal stuff. I think your boss is dealing with it. You might want to go check it out. Don't think he believes me. So he just kind of hangs back, which fucks up my plan. So I realize I'm not going to get much out of here. But then I do notice in like the back back room there, there's a symbol that was given to me, not on the card, uh, but is reminiscent to another, uh, the symbol I was given to like find this place kind of along with the name. Uh, and then I say the name on the card of which, man, I don't know. 
whatever. I say the name on the card and the space tiefling guy kind of like gives me a look and it's like, oh, you're here for that, aren't you? And it's like, ah, I found my spot. So it's not really a sale, but there's just an exchanging of goods of what I need. So I'm glad I didn't actually steal shit nor that I got caught stealing shit. You know, I don't know if you're still up there helping out people, but I'm going to attempt to slither my way out and head back onto my ship while leaving something. That is the thing, while leaving something as well hmm. that I will put into the, the Google form. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're ready to end the scene? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, not looking at the at the spreadsheet. Put in whatever you want and hide that row. Did it. Great. Let's let's do another scene. Mosa, do you want to run the next one? Sure. Should I just pick up where we left off, or? I mean, you can pick another location if you want to, or you can stay. I think I'm going to pick another location um, go where it. I go after the terminal. Um, I'm going to be at Rosie's Moonlight Diner. Mm, um, I love that. Mm-hmm. I know I'm hungry. <laughs> right? Uh, when I saw I was like, I just saw the movie Gunpowder Milkshake, and I don't know if you guys have seen Ooh. it. I, I haven't not. seen it, but I want to. But Milkshake, hello. <laughs> right? I mean, I wouldn't call it the best movie, but it's like, you know, aesthetically fun. And there's a diner that features prominently in there. Oh. Uh, so that's kind of like, and it's sort of like a weird you know you're not quite sure like where it is in space and time it kind of it's like retro but mm. sort of alien so that's kind of when i saw this moonlight diner i was like oh that's where she needs to go cool so but for once uh yuna is not following the trail of anyone she's truly just hungry and is just going in there and it's sort of like a retro a retro feel but there's you know a lot of it's sort of half full I would say that it kind of has, you know, a couple regulars, you know, at the counter, uh, has the vinyl booths. Um, there's a there's a few people, a few aliens. It's sort of a, a neighborhood joint. It's not trendy for sure. Hmm. What is the and age of some of the the patrons? It kind of varies. Um, you know, there's like an older man in a in a corner booth. He has the newspaper spread out. He has a cup of coffee. He's kind of, you know, you can tell he's sort of been there. There's also a couple of teenagers. They're at the counter, probably like on a date or something, or it's, you know, a hang, you know, one of those mm. like sort of nebulous terms. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of middle-aged people, I would say. It is sort of in the middle of the day, though, when Yuna's mm. there. So you would assume that everyone else is engaging in capitalism for the day, if, if they must. Yeah, space capitalism. Um, space capitalism, unfortunately, um, or whatever. But, you know, it's not dead. But it's not, you know, it's sort of an off hour. It's probably like, again, two, three in the afternoon sort of a thing, like between traditional meals. Hmm. Who do you run into there that you recognize? I run into this older man and I had met him on my journey probably the year before. He had hired me to um, tell him a vision about something that he stole from his son's room. Like one of his, I'll say he, his son likes to play um, a, a guitar, an instrument. And he, he had me hold his pick and, you know, tell me about him because he and his son don't have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. So he wanted some insight on that relationship. Mm -hmm. I told him about, I saw him and his son arguing and his son running away and he did not take that well. He thought I was lying to him. Um, mm. You know, he claimed that it wasn't going to happen. And I was basically full of shit. And he, I don't think he paid me. So he left or like he didn't, you know, you know, smart. She asked for 50% up front. Mm -hmm. So he did mm -hmm. not pay the other half, basically. Rude. Rude. Very rude. Um, I don't, Yuna's not somebody, she's not like me. Things don't phase her that much, like in that regard. <laughs> she was kind of just like, yeah, checks out, you know, based on the vision I saw. And this guy was kind of like a jerk. So like, I hope, like, I hope his son, you know, gets free of him. So, so she, that's who she sees in this diner. This might be a dumb question. The son is not there, right? The son is not there. Okay. Um, and this is not the same area in which she mm. met this man originally to tell to get the the vision for him so interesting and he doesn't look 
like before he looked you know very arrogant you know like one of those like sort of high-powered businessmen like very you know straight and narrow like always very put together and that's not the man who she sees sort of slumped over like a diner booth he kind of looks disheveled he has bags under his eyes he's not looking great is this one of those diners where like the waitress immediately like calls you hun that okay that vibe got it yep that vibe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so yuna sits and um the waitress comes over and she already has a coffee and she knows how it's prepared how yuna likes it and you know looks at her and she's like oh you have you have a gift too and the waitress does the waitress is probably the only person in there who's sort of like besides you know who's who's relatively young she's probably in her early 20s and she says yep she's like i just you know i have a sense for what people want and it's like very specific to the diner like she can she knows what people like want to order like how they want their food she hasn't figured out a way to sort of expand her power outwards. So she's kind of just there for now. But yes, it's kind of cool. How does Yuna feel about uh, being alone in a place like this? I think Yuna feels at home in a place like a diner because a diner also attracts other solitary people. And I think that's why she gravitates towards it. Like sometimes she'll go to parks and stuff like that. But you know, she feels lonely when she sees like groups of people hanging out or like people on dates or and stuff like that. I think she likes her life, but it kind of, you know, it is a sort of solitary life. It's like not a traditional life. It's not a life where she could just settle down or where she wants to. Um, so she kind of likes diners. She likes how these sorts of diners are sort of throughout the galaxy. You can usually, you know, find one. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. they're sort of staples and they're not trendy and you know, you can find sort of the same types of people there. So she feels very at home in a diner, hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What does she order? Um, the waitress brings her waffles with strawberries on them and whipped cream, Belgian okay. waffles. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. I'm ready. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to say that Yuna is facing the same direction as like the man who she had previously like mm-hmm. been, was hired by right hmm. does he notice her yeah not at first he doesn't notice. like he doesn't look up when she walks in but and or when she sits down but he does look up when he hears her voice because he remembers what she sounds like so he clearly recognizes her and she remembers him what does yuna want to do in this moment honestly yuna's like oh this like this fucking figures right like she just wants to like have a meal but she kind of has the feeling that this guy is going to sort of ambush her as she's trying to like dig into her bells and waffles and he does Ugh, um, what a dick move mm-hmm. he basically what this this man he accosts her and he's basically just like you have to help me like he's bit his son did run away came true over the past several months and basically it sort of like destroyed his life like it his wife became extremely depressed and Mm. you know he was obviously distraught at what happened and it sort of made him realize like what a terrible father he was um and so now he's basically trying to find his son who left to try and pursue be like a space musician basically like a little rock star (laughs) but rock space Mm -hmm. and star space exactly (laughs) He wants to be like the, you know, the protozoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> Xenon reference. Um, so he's trying to find him, basically. But the galaxy is big. And the trail has been cold. So he's very grateful to see Yuna. And he's begging her to help him find his son. Hmm. And he takes out the guitar pick, the same one that she originally, you know, used last time. Mm-hmm. And he right. begs her begs her to help him uh, the guitar pick and then a picture of the sun what does the sun look like you know he's like a teenage kid he's probably like 17 18 like barely you know an adult i think the picture is actually of him when he was like maybe a couple years younger than he is now um back when they probably had a better relationship like hmm. um wherever they are it's sunny maybe they're on vacation he's smiling at the camera he looks like a happy kid um you can see that Wherever he is, like, I would picture maybe, like, on a hotel balcony, something like that, like, where you're outside, but you're also, like, you know, you're near indoors, uh, because it looks like there's, like, a guitar, like, in the corner of it. So, you know, showing that no matter where he is, he, uh, he always has to have his instrument with him. But, yeah, typical 
Typical teenager, uh, his hair is dyed blue, bright blue. Rock and, and roll. Rock and roll. Very <laughs> rock and roll. So, uh, but I mean, looks like an average, average uh, teenage kid. Awesome. Does Yuna feel any obligation to help this dude? Or is it more the vein of, bitch better have my money? Bitch better have my money. Yes. Bitch better <laughs> have her money. Uh, but she will, she will help him. I think because she sees how, again, she's... She's like a bleeding heart. When she sees that sort of like desperation, she will help someone. Uh, But in this case, uh, he does owe her money. So she's like, Mm -hmm. you owe me from last time and this time and I'm charging you extra. (laughs) If he was like the same sort of arrogant bastard as last time, then she would be like, absolutely not. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. So he, she's like, you're getting like, you're paying me everything up front this time. Um, And he does. And so then she takes the pic in the picture and um, she has a vision what what do the visions feel like when they happen Mm. it kind of you know like when you read a book and sometimes it's very clear like what you're reading is so clear it kind of plays like a movie in your head Mm. does Mm. that ever happen to you or like you can kind of see it play out visually yeah 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 books like that Mm mm-hmm Sometimes when I get really into books, actually, a lot of times that's sort of how it does for me. Like, I don't register reading anymore. I'm just sort of seeing it. Um, And so that's kind of how it is for Yuna. When she has these objects, she'll close her eyes and she'll just sort of, like, feel, like, the texture of them. And then it's sort of like, you know, like, she's reading them physically, but then it sort of, like, shows up in her mind what she needs to see. Um, the visions can vary in length and they can vary in clarity. Like sometimes they'll be really fuzzy, like dreamlike. And sometimes they will be like, like very crisp as though it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, it's, it's not as clear exactly like where he is. Um, she's in the perspective of the sun is on stage and he's playing guitar and Yuna is in the audience. Mm. Usually it's third person. Usually she's not like when she has a vision, she's not seeing from someone's pers- like a, that person's perspective which is very helpful in in her business absolutely so the son is playing he's playing with a band everything's sort of blurry which is sort of like you know like like you like you know a club venue like the nature of it she does get a symbol though of the bar and like it's like a name and it's called the fox den and that's what Mm. she tells the dad but you know she doesn't know if he's there right now she doesn't know if he'll be there in six months like Mm -hmm. he looks about Mm. He looks about the same. His hair is green, so it's a different color. He looks, you know, a couple years older than a few years older than he was in the picture. But again, you know, she's not f- super familiar with him. So what does that mean? But the fox den is what she gives hmm. to the guy who is extremely grateful. And um, he basically rushes out of there immediately, leaves the diner. So. Mm-hmm. And she got paid first, right? She got paid first. Okay. Yep. She demanded everything plus extra plus <laughs> from last time up front. So uh, actually she's feeling pretty good right now. She's like, okay, like, you know, I can truly enjoy these waffles. I got paid for a while. So <laughs> now I'm sort of. What extra food item do you order? Because you now have <laughs> extra money. Oh, definitely hash browns. <laughs> mm, potato. Mm. Nice. Yeah, potato for sure. Yum. And then, yeah, so she um, she decides to then enjoy the rest of her meal uh, alone. Love that. Mm-hmm. I do love how clearly all of us are hungry, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the food. Tell me, what did you order? What is fuck, it? This man's, fuck this man's son. What, what else? Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Lovely. Oh, so good. Um, well, I, I would go into another round where, where I get to where I do um, some leading of my own, but we're running a little bit low on time at the moment. So I think we should move forward to the end of the game. I've had a I've had a very fun time sitting here and just being like, tell me stories. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could have gotten to your character, though. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes uh, the fun part about characters is getting to experience like other people's. And y'all like fleshers out and told whole stories. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Should so, I leave something behind or no? Does it matter? I think you can. I don't think you have to. So at the end of the game, we're supposed you're supposed to share the things that you left behind anyway. So 
I mean, you can you can do the action of putting it in the spreadsheet and hiding it, or I mean, we can just talk about what it was about, what was left behind, and why, and talk about what happens to our characters at the end of the game. And we're also each free to ask questions and offer suggestions to each other as we're talking about what happens to our characters at the end of the game. I'll add a little thing for my character during this, but you know. <laughs> then she uh, made a million dollars. Um, <laughs> should I should I start as I was the first character? Go for it. Um, so Tasha left a pen that she, part of the agreement that she had was that she was going to uh, take this pen from her like bosses, bosses, like high level uh, that was worth quite a bit of, of money um, so she left a pen and in return, she got this small microchip that she was assured would be able to basically cloak her ship um, whenever she'd want to. So as she's continuing to kind of explore the galaxy, uh, when she's on the clock, she can like pull that microchip out and like, you know, do official things. And then when she's not, she can go wherever the fuck she wants, do mm. whatever the fuck she wants. And she's not being recorded by the great bezos in the sky watching over all of us so oh god yeah. this is a space where bezos <laughs> owns space sorry guys oh, oh my god, god. I thought we never- literally well you know he did Does go that to mean space, I'm an Amazon so like, delivery? He, he got there first so i guess sorry, this all guys. unfortunately makes sense <laughs> he got there first god so yeah sorry i am yeah. rage. <laughs> going so i mean I, I, I hesitate to be like, then she made a million dollars and like fucked off and ruled the world. But like, she's finally being able to like discover the fact that like she isn't just a corporate drone and like is able to kind of start to build her own, uh, albeit slightly illegal empire on the side while on the company's dime, which is truly the best of both worlds. So she's slowly beginning to enjoy life. What efforts are you doing to sabotage, if any, to sabotage the org that you do work for, for your own? Needs? Um, so one thing she did clock was how Yuna checked her um, work at her outfit and then realized that like, you know, you can't be doing illegal shit while on the clock. So uh, sometimes she will pull an illegal, uh, if she can like hide her face completely, she will pull an illegal thing that's very visible um, while wearing like company gear, but is also untrackable. So like the company looks shitty, but she's able to kind of escape from the situation unscathed. And like, not even like illegal, like I'm just gonna go kick puppies. Why was that the first thing that came to my mind? <laughs> That's not even illegal. That's just bad as fuck. But she's not like something like illegal. obviously illegal. Should be. Um, but more like doing something where it highlights the negative things the company has been doing, but also like in a smaller way than just like pouring oil into the oceans kind of global thing so she's trying to take down the company like slowly uh one negative pr thing at a time awesome and what about you yuna yuna okay so yuna left behind at the diner um a small crystal it's sort of her calling card it's one of those where it's like yuna had encountered a witch where you know she kind of um did some work for her and in return the witch put spells on these different crystals that Yuna had. They're not like expensive, they're more like gems, like they're pretty small. But basically it's like, you know, they'd fall into the hands of people who need it. And then that would be a way where they could feasibly like contact Yuna or like Yuna would know and then be able to go towards them. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, So what happens to Yuna is, is yeah, she leaves this crystal behind and ultimately the person who finds it and picks it up it's where it's weird it, it she leaves it you know kind of kind of where you would see like the napkin holder on a on a table in a diner so like not sitting in the middle like just sort of but it's there uh the waitress is the one who ends up finding it and she doesn't contact Yuna right away but a few months later um Yuna goes back to the diner and the waitress is like you know I want you to help me like develop what my own like power is and she kind of realizes mm. that not only can this waitress sense sort of like what people want, like like it relating to like food, but like she can kind of sense like if they have a magical ability in them. And mm. so the two go around the galaxy together, basically like they do still help other people. And that's also how they like make a living. But then 
they also sort of seek out people who might have a magical ability who might need help as well and sort of get them into this like other network of people in the galaxy where they can either help them or you know whatever so hmm. so yeah Yuna made a friend the waitress mm-hmm. and, and they're traveling yeah. companions now and buddies and they oh. travel around in Arcane the ship they're traveling pals. she's not alone and anymore she's not alone anymore and sort of inadvertently built like builds this network slash like magical like empire but that's like very far into the future but like this is like <laughs> a seed of that basically mm-hmm. amazing oh, I, I love that I feel like I have no questions that was so that was perfect <laughs> I just caught, came up with it as Brie was talking. So. <laughs> Wait, I have a dumb question. Does she, does the waitress uh, ever use her power? So when Yuna's like, what should we eat tonight? And the waitress is like, bitch, you already know what you want to eat. And it's like, because that is a power that I'm like, I wish I had. Uh, all the time. Yes. All the time. What do you want to eat? Yes. I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. Yep. And the waitress always knows. She's like, she's like I don't know. Like something like filling and homey and the waitress is like you want homemade mac and cheese and it's like yes that's it (laughs) (laughs) all right tell us about nyx since we were deprived of her earlier (laughs) yes um nyx so i mean she takes things and leaves things behind constantly she's constantly like leaving behind and abandoning tech that doesn't suit her anymore she's constantly like delivering things and going oddly somewhat like making a name for herself for being really good at delivery because her ship is like so fucking sweet i'm thinking like han solo type like i made this delivery in 50 clicks or something like that i don't i can't (laughs) remember what the actual thing was but um, I was like, yeah, the castle run, et cetera, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and Nyx just goes about doing that, uh, meeting interesting people and chasing the next tech rush. Um, I think she's someone who probably wouldn't consider connecting with other people until the moment actually comes. She's comfortable with technology and chasing that and hopefully... Maybe one day she like hires Yuna to find a specific like thing and becomes pals, or maybe she runs into Tasha as she's trying to get her hands on some semi legal tech from somewhere and just kind of finds maybe over time that she, through making connections for the thing that she loves, finds people that she loves. That was beautiful. I love that. I feel like that makes so much sense too for tech because it's like. You know, if you're trying to find a specific part, and it's like, I'm sure there there has to be people where they're like, oh, yeah, that's my thing to, like, collect obscure mm-hmm. things. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she has a, like, her, her ship just gets cooler and cooler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, incredible. I guess that's it for Moon Sailors. That was a delight. Yeah. I could totally fun. see how this could last, like, multiple hours. Lovely, right? yeah. Especially, too, because I was like, I came into this and I was like, I, you know, I had the bare bones of my character. And then it was just like, oh, thought of this and thought of this. And you could truly just keep going forever. Absolutely. <laughs> it feels like a game that one could play, like, just over an entire day of camping. Like, that's what I'm imagining. Like, you get somewhere, you're driving, you're playing the game, you get there, you go hiking, you're playing the game, you come back, you cook, you're sitting at a fire and you're still playing. See, I agree, but I hate camping, so that seems like hell for me. But... In the vibe, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I thought it was cool. How did y'all feel uh, telling your bits of story? Yo, being a GM is hard. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to make shit happen. I know, but it's like everything depends on you. And it was like, ooh, everything? Can I get more questions to fill out this world? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with that. I was like, oh, I don't. I was, you know, I got tripped up by giving my ship a name. So, <laughs> I mean, it was interesting on my end because I was like, yeah, like I want y'all to tell the story. I don't want to sit here and be like, so here's how your story is going to go. Like, that's yeah, not I was, like, like waiting what I was for that for either. I'm like, guide yeah, me. I, yeah. Right. I was like, I think I'm used to my DM telling me like where I'm going and like what I'm doing. And then, right. I, then I just have, then I just have to react. But it's another mm-hmm. thing when you're like, oh, I have to 
tell the story. Set it up and yeah. I have to react. <laughs> I have to do both. <laughs> well, I thought you guys did great jobs. And uh, thanks for, for playing and telling me stories for an hour. That's fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> no, that was really fun. It was, it was nice to like, I get tripped up on characters when I write. So it was fun to have to just be in the moment and just like say things and mm-hmm. not have to, like you don't Absolutely. have time to think about it. Yeah. You just yeah. have to just do whatever and, and roll with it. So yeah, no, it truly is a character study. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So no, that yeah. was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, also, thank you, Melissa, for hanging out with us for the hour. Really appreciate it. You should, as we are wrapping up here, tell our listeners where they should go to follow and support you out there in the world of the internet or or elsewhere. Sure. So you can find me. I have a website. It is Melissa, one L, two S's, especially for those of you who work at Starbucks and always mess up my name. Uh, Melissa, <laughs> shout out. Uh, shout out. Mo- you're doing your best. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Melissa-Croce, so C-R-O-C-E dot com. You can also find me on Twitter. My username is just Melissa Croce, all one word, or on Instagram where my handle is mcroce. I'm always Perfect. on all those sites way too much, so I'll be there. <laughs> And I'm not telling you my AO3 name. Sorry, not on this. Boo. <laughs> That's you can tell yours first, Brie. I'll tell mine when you tell yours. How about that? I hate, <laughs> no. I hate this. <laughs> An AO3 um, name is precious. It is precious. Um, but thank you so much for having me. Uh, this was so much fun. And I'll probably be thinking about Una for a little bit. Maybe she'll show up in a story one day. Who knows? <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye out for that, mm-hmm. for sure. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and threatening to expose AO3 names. It's been a delight. <laughs> it, Don't worry. Like, I... The underlying threat and all of it. It's like, ugh. But, uh, that's, such a, fun. that's a trump card you can only play once. So uh, I, I, you know, got to <laughs> buy, buy my time on that one. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. Um, Well, also, thank you to our listeners for listening to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Make sure to follow us at Gameplay RFB on Twitter. And if you're listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. Uh, You can also follow us individually. I'm at Erin is a bird. That's E-R-Y-N is a bird on Twitter and at Erin K. Levine on Instagram. And I'm at CuteBookworm10. I will not spell those words out i believe in you uh on instagram and twitter the price of uh having um a name that can be spelled seven different ways (laughs) i gotta spell Um, but regardless take care of yourselves and each other and we will talk to you next time Bye. bye